0: Hey Coastal, we're so excited that you guys have joined us online today. I know that God has something so special and specific for each and every one of you. And I know, you know what, in this season, things are so different. And sometimes we think change is bad, but sometimes change can actually be good for us because it just switches things up and makes us causes us to do things that we might not normally do. And so I hope that today as you're sitting in front of a TV screen or a computer screen or whatever that looks like for you, that God speaks directly. to your heart today. And so I'm excited about getting the opportunity to share God's word with you. And before we jump in, I just want to tell you guys a quick story. So recently, um, I had forgotten something at home, and there was actually something that I needed to get out of my garage. And so I drove home, and, and as I got into my driveway, I went over to my garage because, of course, I forgot the key to the front door. And so I go over to my garage, and we have one of those little keypad things right outside of the garage. And so I punch in my code, and the garage opens. And so I knew that I was going to be able to go inside and get what I needed afterwards, so I closed the garage door on my keypad. And as I walked inside, I was looking around and eventually found this thing that I was looking for. And then I was like, you know what, while I'm here, I need to take Preacher on a walk. And so I'm going to go inside, and I'm going to let Preacher out. And so I I went to grab the, the handle to get inside of the house from the garage and as I turned the handle, I realized it's locked. And I was like, that's interesting. TJ and I never lock the door that goes from the inside of our garage to the inside of our house. And then I had realized there were some people that had come over a couple nights before and we had walked out the garage to do anything. I know it sounds like we go in our garage a lot, but we really don't, but we had walked out there to do something. And as we walked back in, I think one of them must be so used to locking the garage door at their house that they actually locked my garage door. And I was like, okay, no big deal. You know what? I'm just gonna hit this garage door button and I'll just go out this way and I'll just go back to work and it'll be totally fine. Well, I went to open the garage door from the inside and I hit the button and it didn't work. I hit the button again and I started panicking a little bit because all of a sudden I'm trapped in the garage and there's no air conditioning and there's no fan and there's no window and there's no any of that kind of stuff. And so I realized all of the sudden I was trapped in this place that I couldn't get out of. And I started to panic a little bit and I ended up, thank God I brought my phone in there with me. So I ended up calling TJ and I was like, hey T, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm working, I'm trying to get some stuff done. I was like, oh, do you think you have a few minutes? He's like, Shayla, what what do you need? I mean, in the sweetest, most loving way. He said that, of course. And I said, well, actually, I'm trapped in the garage. And he's like, you're what? I was like, I can't get out of the garage. The garage door won't open. The the door to our house is is locked. He's like, how'd the door to the house get locked? And I didn't have time to explain that to him. I guess I had plenty of time, but. Anyways, I said, can you please drive home and let me out of the garage? And he just starts cracking up and laughing. But eventually he came because he's an amazing husband. And he wanted to be like Prince Charming and come to my rescue. But I think this happens to us so many times in life. Like we find ourselves unknowingly trapped in these situations and we don't really know how we got there or or how we ended up that way. And so I wanted to kind of illustrate this maybe a different way because I think we find ourselves in this situation so many times. So I'm gonna have Vanna White come up here. So if you'll come up here, Vanna, isn't, isn't Vanna? (laughs) So amazing, so beautiful. But I think sometimes in life we don't recognize the fact that we're trapped slowly life just kind of begins to creep in on us, kind of like this string. Like we start doing things in life and we don't realize the effect that it has on us. We make decisions, we have habits, we have things that that we begin to do in life and slowly these things begin to creep up on us. And it starts out as something seemingly so innocent, you know, you know what, it's just this one time, I'm gonna do it this one time and we feel like, you know, this isn't really gonna make a difference and maybe that one time it doesn't. You know, we start, I mean, TJ, can you, can you, you can still move in this, right? (laughs) He's the Hulk, apparently. He can break out of that because just one time doesn't really make a difference. But so many times that one time turns into many times. And what seems like what might start off as an innocent business lunch, where you know what, we're telling ourselves, you know what, it's just, it's all business. It's all business, the conversation is business, but eventually we begin to have those lunches more and more and more. And the conversation moves from business to maybe a little bit more personable. And before you know it, we find ourselves in a place where we just don't know how we got here. And it seems to begin to wrap us up. Or maybe some of you guys out there, maybe it's it's cigarettes. You know, I started smoking a, a cigarette every once in a while, every now and then. And eventually that one cigarette became maybe a pack of week. And you know what? It's it's not that big of a deal. It's not affecting me that much. And you go through a stressful time, and all of a sudden, that pack a week turns into a pack a day because before you know it, you have this addiction that you're just not sure how you can break free of. For some of you guys, maybe it's you know what, this innocent, I stumbled across this website. And I lingered there for a minute. And you know what? This one time isn't going to hurt. I'm only going to do it this one time. And before you know it, it becomes a nightly thing. And you're going to bed later and later. And you're making excuses why you're not going to bed at the same time as your wife. Because you're just not sure how you got trapped in this cycle. Maybe it's that innocent Facebook conversation with that person that you used to be an acquaintance with. Is your circulation getting cut off? (laughs) The things in life start out so innocent and so seemingly insignificant, but before you know it, we're trapped in these places where we just can't break free. Try now, TJ. And before long, those small, innocent decisions become this bondage that we feel our lives trapped inside. Maybe for some of you, you're saying, I don't have those issues at all. You know, life's full of, I am a good person. I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray with my kids. I serve more than so-and-so, I go to church more than so-and-so, I don't cuss. I'm faithful to my wife. We find it easy to see the bondage in other people and to point out the things that we see so many other people doing. And it's so much easier to find the fault in other people's lives. And what we do is we begin to maybe get into this bondage and we get wrapped up in religion, thinking we're better than other people. And we begin to have this achievement mentality where it's, I'm better and I try to do all these works and these acts and these things and it just ends up wrapping us up to where it's so hard to get out. And the things that have seemed so innocent now hold us in bondage and we can't break free of it anymore. Try to break out of that. Nope. You ain't the Hulk. (laughs) Thank you, TJ. I'll... I'll Cut this bondage off of you. Freedom. Here, take this with you. You know, there's things in our life that seem so innocent and so insignificant that wrap us up, that trip us up, and they end up becoming something that holds us in so much bondage that we just can't break free of. And what I want to talk to you today is about finding freedom. Because if we're all honest, we all have these things in our life that wrap us up, that hold us back, that haunt us. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be able to walk in freedom. I don't wanna walk in guilt. I don't wanna walk in shame. I don't wanna walk in bad habits. I wanna be able to move forward unhindered in life. And we're gonna look at a story in the Bible today out of the book of Matthew. And Matthew was actually a guy that was a tax collector that ended up being a disciple of Jesus. and. In the book of Matthew, he writes about key events that happened over the three-plus years of Jesus' ministry with the disciples. And before we jump into this story, I just want to give you some information about some of the key players in this story. See, first we find the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees in the Bible, they're usually the ones that are there that are pointing out the sinners, They think they're so much better than anybody else, and their condemning people was actually part of their routine. They made careers out of ridiculing broken souls. They considered their aloofness from sinners to be what made them holy. And then we find another character in the story. The character's name is Jesus. And Jesus actually made a point of seeking out sinners and befriending them. He wasn't concerned with his reputation because you can't be concerned about your reputation if you wanna build God's reputation. And he didn't do the same thing that the sinners did, but he certainly loved them and cared about them and spent time with them. And I guess the Pharisees were the kind of people that when they looked at Jesus, they saw guilt by association. So they were thinking if you hang out with these people, then you must be like these people. And so we pick up the story when when actually Jesus is walking along and he meets Matthew. And at the time, Matthew was a tax collector. And tax collectors were some of the most hated, condemned people of the time. I mean, kind of like in, in nowadays. We never like tax collectors, except maybe right now we like the IRS because they're all sending us like stimulus checks and we all have a little extra money. But the majority of the time, tax collectors were very hated, feared, rejected people. And Jesus comes up on Matthew, this tax collector, and he's sitting at his tax booth, and he says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew gets up, and he begins to follow Jesus. Now later, Matthew invites Jesus and his disciples over to his house for a dinner party. And at this dinner party, there are all these disreputable sinners and other tax collectors present. And so what happens is the Pharisees See Jesus hanging out with these tax collectors and these disreputable people and they go to his disciples and they ask him this, why does your teacher eat with such scum? And I love Jesus' response in this story. We're gonna pick it up in Matthew 9, 12 through 13. And he says this, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go And learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. He's taking a dig at the Pharisees. He says, for I have, I want you guys to get this. For I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. And I think the first key, if we all want to find freedom, if we want to break out of the bondage that we find ourselves in, that we have to do this. And the first thing that I see here is number one is to admit that you're in bondage. See, if we can't be honest with ourselves, we're never going to be honest with God. If we can't accept the fact that, that we need something greater than ourselves, I think the longer we live in denial and continue with the status quo in life and continue to allow these things to wrap us up and bond, put us in bondage, the deeper and the stronger that bondage becomes. Because as you saw, when I was wrapping TJ up, the longer I wrapped that string, the harder it was to break out of it. And I think the first thing that we have to do is to admit that we have bondage in our life. I love that Jesus says, I've come not for those who think they're righteous, but for those who know that they are sinners, that know that they are in bondage, that know that they need freedom. And I think all of us find ourselves in this place where we have to begin to admit, listen, I'm stuck. I can't get out of this. I need help. I'm in bondage in 1 John 1.8. It says, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And I think for so many of us, if we would just get real with ourselves, if we would just start accepting the fact that I need help that I'm in bondage, that I am wrapped up by things in life, that I'm being held back by some of my decisions and mistakes and maybe things that I'm doing currently. And if we don't begin to address those things in our life, then we're gonna begin to drown, we're gonna begin to suffer, we're gonna begin to be defeated. I mean, it's kind of like this, if you had a boat and you have your boat in the water and you know that there is a hole in the boat, a leak in the boat, and you know that it's there, but you never do anything to fix it, that boat is gonna sink. And the same is true in our life, as if we know that we're stuck, we know that we're in bondage, but if we never address it, we never admit it, we never do anything about it, then we begin to get defeated and stuck in life. See, I love that Jesus comes for, that he says that I come for those that know that they are sinners. That can admit that they're in bondage, that can admit that they need help. So, first we have to admit that we're in bondage, and then number two, we have to acknowledge that you need others. See, here's the reality freedoms never come without a battle. And here's what I know about battles battles are not fought alone, they're fought with other people. Victory, the wins, They're fought with other people. We are victorious because of the people that we have in our life. And just like when TJ was wrapped up in that string, he could not break out of that himself. He needed me to come over and to begin to to cut those things off. He needed me to come over and to help remove that bondage from his life. But if he would just continue to walk around and never admit that he had a problem, that he was wrapped up, then there would never be freedom for his life. He had to admit that he had bondage, and then he had to acknowledge that he needed others to help him break free of that. You know, when I was in high school, I, I played basketball. I played on a, a basketball team, and I don't know why I always have sports stories, probably because I was an athlete growing up. But as I was growing up, I, I was the point guard on the varsity team pretty much through, um, from my sophomore to my senior year. And I played point guard and I was a scrapper. They used to call me the scrapper. You guys should have seen me. I had like knee pads, elbow pads. They eventually were trying to make me wear goggles and I'll tell you why in in just a minute. But but I had, because I was constantly on the floor wrestling for stuff because I know in order for my team to have victory that I needed to play my part. And we need others in our life to be able to win, to be able to achieve, to be able to break free of all of those things. So as a basketball player, I'm going to put up, put up a, a, a little picture for you. I'm the one that's right there in the middle with the basketball and the number 14. And if you look real close, I have a huge black eye. It's because I was always fighting for my team. I was always fighting that we would have victory and we need people in our life that are gonna fight for us to have victory, that are gonna help us break free of those things, that are gonna get scrappy so that we can win the game. And I think we, we need to acknowledge that we need people in our life that can help us have victory, that can help us overcome. In Ecclesiastes 4.12 it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves." And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. In Proverbs 18, too, it says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desires. And he breaks out of, against all sound judgment. Can I just tell you guys something? Isolation is the enemy's goal. His goal is to get us isolated so that we continue to wrap ourselves up in these bondages. His goal is to get us isolated and alone. And in this season, it is so difficult when we find ourselves social distancing, when we're not allowed to be in the presence of other people. It's so easy to shrink back and to isolate. But let me tell you something today. If you want to have victory, you need other people. And I want to encourage you to to reach out to people. People call people, FaceTime people, do something that that allows other people to be present in your life because isolation is where the enemy wins because he can allow you to defeat yourself by continuing to wrap yourself up in that bondage. And can I just tell you guys we aren't meant to do life alone? We need people to walk with us, to challenge us, to push us, to point things out to us, to help us move forward in life, to cut the bondage out of our life. And if we want freedom in our life, we need other people. So you have to admit that you're in bondage. You have to acknowledge that you need others. And then number three, you have to accept that you need God. You have to accept that you need God. Again, in Matthew 19 or 9, 13, it says, For I have come, not, for I have come to call not those who think that they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners, those who know that they need a savior, those who know that they can't do this on their own. See, we have to begin to admit that we need God, and we can either pretend that we don't need God or we can acknowledge that we do. And some of us need to acknowledge today that that we are stuck, that we need other people, but most desperately, we need a God that brings freedom and redemption to our life. See, Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose again, just like we had talked about on Easter, what we celebrate, the victorious freedom that Jesus gives to us. But Jesus came to to reveal a God who defines us not by our actions, but by his love. And I want to ask you guys a question this morning. If Jesus could say one thing to you about what's happening in your life, the things that you're finding wrapping you up consistently, if Jesus could say one thing about about what's happening in your life personally, what do you think that that would be? You know, I think so many of us, when we answer that question, we expect him to correct us. We may expect him to say, you have to stop losing your temper with your kids. Or you messed up again. You said you weren't going to talk to him. Why can't you just stop? Or you went to that website again. What were you thinking? Get your life together. So many of us would expect God to correct us in those moments. Because we think that that's the type of God that he is. But I think if Jesus had one thing to tell us, he would actually tell you how much he loves you. See, in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, not when we had it all together, not when we fixed what was broken, not when we mended everything that had us in bondage, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And can I just tell you, Jesus loves you right where you're at. He isn't standing there yelling at you to to climb out of the pit and clean yourself up so that you can be worthy. He's wading in waist deep to your mess. He's sitting there with the weeping and the broken. He's rescuing the lost, he's healing those that are hurting. He went to a cross. So that we could have freedom from the things that tie us up. See, Jesus sees us in our sin and our mess more clearly than anyone else. But yet he loves us more than anyone else. He's not going to write you off because you're addicted to prescription drugs. Or because you had an abortion. Or because you looked at something that you shouldn't have. And church, let me tell you this. I don't want you to mistake this. He is grieved by our sin. He is grieved by those things that we do that that grieve his heart. But he's grieving because it's destroying us. And he hates that. He hates it when we exchange our purpose and we exchange the, the freedom that he has for us for this bondage. And if anything, I think that makes him more determined to rescue us from these things. See, he'll never give up, no matter how far we think we are. You know, I heard this analogy, and if you want to come up and start playing keys, you can come on up for just a minute. I'm going to wrap it up here. You know, there's this analogy that I was thinking about. If you're a parent, or maybe you're not even a parent, everybody's been to like a kid's t-ball game. And at kids' t-ball games, what happens is, like there's really no order, there's really no rules, there's no like three strikes, you're out, or anything like that. What happens is these kids go up to bat, and what do they do? The coach puts the, the ball on the tee, and the kid gets up there, and he's just swinging away. He's just swinging away, and what happens is, when little Johnny swings to hit the ball and he misses and he hits about three inches below the ball and it hits the tee, what happens? The ball falls off the tee. And mom and dad are like, "Oh, Johnny, it's okay, it's okay. Just swing again, slugger." And the coach gets down and he puts the ball back up on the on the tee. And Johnny swings again and again. He hits three inches below the ball and. The tee moves, but the ball just falls on the ground. And again, we put the ball back up and mom and dad are like, that's okay, Johnny, you're doing great, swing again. And Johnny gets up there and this happens four, five, six times and everybody except Johnny's parents are like, oh my gosh, this kid is out. Johnny's parents keep going, it's okay, Johnny, keep going, keep going. And you guys know in T-ball, there's, there's no like you're out. It's just going until you like hit the ball and then they run to the base. They keep putting the ball back on the tee. And I think that's just like God. You get one strike, another strike, and everybody's saying he should be out. But God keeps picking that ball up and he keeps putting it back on the tee and he keeps saying, swing again, slugger, swing again. When everybody else is saying that you should be out, God's putting the ball back on the tee and saying, they're not out till I say they're out. Some of you guys today, you feel defeated, you feel in bondage, but let me tell you something, Jesus equals freedom. When you have Jesus in your life, you have a savior that defeated death, that defeated the grave and did that so that you could be free of your bondage. And today, no matter what place you find yourself at, he's putting that ball back on the tee and he's saying, swing again. You don't have to have everything perfect and cleaned up to experience the journey of freedom. You just have to admit that you're in bondage. You have to acknowledge that you need people in your life to help you move forward. And you have to admit that you need God, that you need to him to come and to be present in your life. And I don't know what bondage it is that, that you have in your life today, but here's what I know, Jesus went to the cross so that we could live in freedom. So why do we continue to walk around in bondage when the key to freedom is right there and he's prepared to cut off all of those chains, to cut that bondage from our life to allow us to walk in freedom. And some of you guys need that freedom today. It's held you back for a long time. And maybe for some of you guys, it seemed so innocent and that string is wrapping around you and it seems so innocent, but right now you need to take control of that. Maybe some of you guys, you feel so wrapped up in that bondage and today you need to say, I need some other people in my life. I need to reach out, I need healing. I need somebody to hold me accountable to walk through this with me. Maybe some of you guys, you've never realized that there is a God that loves you so much that while you are yet a sinner, while you're yet in your mess and your brokenness and your bondage, he's saying, I love you. I want you to be free. And I hope that many of you guys will begin that journey of freedom today. So if you're tired, of allowing bondage to, break, to remain in your life, and you want to break free from that today. I want to pray for you. All across every house or in cars or outside or wherever you're at right now, if you're watching, I want to pray a prayer for you. You know, maybe you need some people in your life. Let me tell you something. We have people that want to pray for you, encourage you, walk alongside of you. You can put something in the comments. You can direct message us. You can email us at, or, or go to the website, coastalcommunity.tv prayer. And there's some people that are gonna be praying for you. They will reach out to you. They will be a resource to you in this time because we can't do life alone right now. And So if you're in bondage to something right now, maybe it's something so innocent that you need to break free from. I wanna pray for you right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are a God that brings freedom to our life. God, that you're not there telling us about every single time we messed up, but you were there reaching out to put the ball back on the tee and telling us to swing again. So Lord, today, whatever bondage people find themselves in, whether it's starting as something that's innocent or maybe they're in so deep that they don't know how to get out, God, today, that they would have a realization that they have been held back and they would take a step towards freedom today. And God, that you would meet them right where they're at, that you would open their eyes to see, Father, and allow them to take steps towards the freedom that you want so desperately for their life. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are that is a God that loves us so much, not a God that condemns us, but a God that loves us and wants to see your best for our life. And help us, God, each and every one of us to have that realization today and to begin to walk in freedom. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. I just wanna thank you guys so much for tuning in with us today. If you're somebody that prayed that prayer, maybe... You wanna accept Christ as as your savior today. I wanna encourage you guys, again, to direct message us, to to go to that link that I told you, coastalcommunity.tv slash prayer, and just write that you said that prayer, that you accepted Jesus for the very first time today. Or maybe it's the first time in a long time, or maybe you wanna begin that relationship. If you'll reach out to us, we would love to be a resource for you. Listen, we hope that you guys have an incredible week and we will see you guys back again next weekend.